0: Thank you for joining me for part two of my conversation with Brad Fiore. Brad just finished hiking from Mexico to Canada, and next he's got his sights set on the Arctic Ocean. This is where we pick up in this episode. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you like this content. Until then, say it with me. Encourage. Train. Inspire.
1: try to cycle, motorcycle all the way to the Arctic Ocean, to the Inuit village of uh, Inuvik? Inuvik. It's up way up in the Yukon Territory. Okay. You can actually go all the way up to the Arctic. You can get extreme <laughs> as you want on that stuff. I mean, they even got a, a path. I'm not sure if it's all path or road, where you can walk all the way around the world if you want, you know. but. I, I've got a lot of time. I don't know if I got that much time. And you, you got to think for your safety on a lot of places too. I'm not, you know, some places are safer than the others. You know, as far as uh, I guess governments would go. You know, I mean, if you're an American, you definitely don't want to walk across Iran right now. You know, because that's one of the main cycling routes around the world. You go through northern Iran, which I would love to do, but because of politics, it may never happen in my lifetime. Who knows? I would love to do it though. But, yeah. No, the Pacific Crest is one of the toughest. I've walked the Appalachian Trail too. Yeah, and that's yeah. twenty one hundred plus miles. But I did do that in sections. I have failed on that one before. Mm. <laughs> I came down with a trench foot mm. on that. So what I did on that, I actually walked a section of it in twenty sixteen. I fell in love with it. It was something I always wanted to do, but I wanted to see if I could actually do it. So me and my friend went out to uh, Damascus, mm. Virginia. We walked a section of it. And I fell in love with it. And then the next year I retired, I was like, I'm going to walk the whole thing. So I went up to Maine, the northern terminus. And uh, went up to the northern terminus. I got on trail, walked like 220 miles. It rained almost every day. I came down with trench foot, so I had to pull myself (laughs) off the trail. But later, I took about a year off the trail, and then I went back and I finished it over four years in, like, huge chunks. Like, I walked the state of Virginia, which was 550 miles. Uh, Me and my friend Shane, we went back and walked from Springer Mountain, Georgia to Max Patch Mountain, North Carolina, which was 250 miles. And then I went back in 2019 and walked from Harper's Ferry to Rangeley, Maine. That was like 970, I think, 970 miles. It took me like 55 days. Mm -hmm. So I've completed the whole trail, but in sections. On the Pacific Crest, I did what they call a through hike. This means I completed the trail within one year from the time I started it. Mm. I started on March 20th and I finished August 26th. So, what does that do to help you
0: grow as a person? What What can people learn from that too?
1: Oh, I I feel that you get to that point. I, I think people sell them short, sell themselves short. I'll be honest, because a lot of people just look at something and it's just too big or overwhelming for them to tackle. And. The trail is so simple, it's just a simple thing to overcome. It, it, it is tough, don't get me wrong, but once you overcome it, I, I, I feel I can do anything, you know. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. I, bu- I bought these couple motorcycles. Never rode a motorcycle in my life. Before I went to the trail, they sat in my garage for eight months. Brand new. Scared to get on it. I mean, just scared to get on it. I thought, man... I, I wasted my money buying them. I'm never going to ride them. I came home from the trail, and on the way home, I rode the Amtrak train across the country. I said, you know, what? I, I just walked 2,600 miles, and I can't get on a motorcycle and teach myself how to ride it. <laughs> came home, first day, I got on it, and I took off. Now, now I'm riding it up here to see you within not even two weeks, 10 days, I'm out riding. So you it conquered it, your fears? I conquered my fears of riding a motorcycle. I mean, that sounds so simple, but to me, it was a big deal, you know. Mm. So I just conquered it, just got on it, and one day I left it, told my friend, I called her on the phone, I said, okay, if I die, <laughs> you know what to do, you know, because we got a little agreement to do. I said, you know what to do, but I'm going out, and I'm teaching myself how to ride this motorcycle today and I did I just took off I, I, read the, I read the manual and I just took off and started driving now I'm flying around everywhere I want to go and it within probably rode it maybe a dozen times now hmm. which I think that's a big confidence builder I mean you go out you walk 28 or 2600 miles by yourself but I can't get on a motorcycle and ride it you know what I'm saying but I came back from the trail with that confidence because before I went out to the trail I don't know why for some reason I would look at it in the garage was like oh you know and then I came back I'm like I, I'm gonna ride it and I did so. you're so happy oh, man <laughs> yeah. you,
0: you cannot get this ever since you've come in here you have a smile on your face What did that do quite a lot for the exuberance and the joy and the zest for life these travels you've had in these last three years oh my
1: gosh yes I mean I'll be honest I have saw a lot of sadness Sometimes I look at a situation when I'm out on the trail or riding my bicycle. I'm like, man, that's so sad. I, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of that too. It makes me sad when I pedaled the perimeter around the United States. Some of the saddest parts I ever came to were like American Indian reservations. Right, I you were
0: in. you you rode your bike around the entire United States in basically an oval, right? Yeah,
1: you followed the border all the way around the United States, as close as okay. you can get to it, and rode across several Indian reservations. Every time I'd come to one. And and maybe that's the way the people enjoy living, but the, the the poverty and the sadness I saw, dude. After I'd leave an Indian reservation, I would be like, that, that's just that's just one of the saddest places I've ever been to. You know, just the and you think about American history and the, and the way they treated the Native Americans. You think, man, it's just a it's just a sad situation. I always thought about it. that. Was one of the things I always thought that was sad. So sad, you know. The, the the American history about the Native Americans you've never been to an Indi- Indian reservation take a ride across one one day it's 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 sad and it looks like a hope hopelessness you know and I'm sure people come out of it as good people but man, it's sad. it's just sad the way the American government treated the Indians th- probably still to this day personal thought <laughs> what did it teach you about humanity all these travels I, I, that the, uh, the kindness humanity is out there. You you just, I don't even know if you gotta go find it, it's just there, you know. I've been from, I know I repeat myself, from hitchhiking to people letting me stay at their house, I mean strangers just inviting me into their home and be like, hey you need a place to stay at night, yeah sure, uh, having me for dinner, the kindness of humanity is out there, and I think it gets buried in the everyday news feed. You know? and a, a guy told me on trail one day, and this was just recently on the Pacific Crest Trail, and we were talking about something this voodoo on the trails about politics. <laughs> you don't want to get started on the trail, but he told me a very interesting thing. He goes, if you meet somebody on neutral ground, you don't know their politics, you don't know their religion, don't know that person at all, the kindness of humanity will always shine. But as soon as you find out somebody's politics or religion, the kindness of humanity for some reason gets buried in that. Isn't that weird? And it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you could probably bring up your political beliefs right now, me and you could probably sit here and argue all day, but I really don't know you, you really don't know me, and we'll... Going to have a great conversation here. You know, it's the same way on trail. You know, and and one thing I like to do is return return the kindness. I was talking about Lauren and Torch earlier, a couple of people I hiked with, and uh, Torch quit the trail, and I just thought I thought that was a sad thing. I, you know, so when I went back to the trail, I uh, texted him and called him on the phone. I'm like, hey man, I was like, you know, I'm I'm going to talk like a hiker's talk here. I'm like, hey dude, I'm like. Dude, you got to come back out to the trail. I'm going back out. He's like, Nah, you know, I'm done with the trail. I've had it. And to return the favor, I was like, Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll buy your plane ticket. You come with me back out to the trail. Me and you'll hike it together. We'll hang out every day. You know, camp together. You know, don't worry about a plane ticket. I'll get you. I'll get. I'll get you home too. Don't worry about it. Just come back out. And you know, sometimes when people are done with the trail, they're just done. He just didn't have any interest. Anymore, you know, so he didn't come back out with me. But. Why didn't he continue? I don't know, he never gave me a reason. He mm. just said he was done with the trail and that was it. And I didn't want to dig into it. You know, I don't know his personal life. You know, I, I know him as somebody I met on the trail. I thought he was a super nice guy. He was attending the Citadel in mm. um, South Carolina, the military academy, the mm. Citadel. He, was a, he had finished up his junior year and he decided to hike the Pacific Crest. And all he really told me is, like, hey, dude, I'm going back for my senior year at the Citadel. And I was like, cool. I said, like, the offer's on the table. If you want to go back out, you know, I was leaving like three days, maybe five days. And he was like, I'll hit you up if I feel like going, but I think I'm really done with the trail. And I was like, okay. Yeah, just left it as it is. Tell me a little about pain. What was the most painful day you had? Actually, the most painful day was the, probably as I was finishing the trail up. I was probably within 140 miles. And you know the goal is, like, right there, you know, it's in your grasp. And it started raining for three days. Off and on the first two days, and the third day it just rained all day. And if anybody's ever been in upstate Washington in the Cascades, it's a cold 40 degrees outside, it's pouring down rain, and I walked through the rain probably for about six hours. I was just frozen. My body was shaking. I was walking with a guy from Germany at the time. And he's like, hey, I'm going to go on. I was like, man, i got to put up my tent. I'm, I'm going to get hypothermia, you know. So crawled in my, ended up drying out the inside of my tent, crawled in my tent and just laid in my sleeping bag for like 19 hours. And you're just sitting there. It, it, you got to go to the bathroom, but you don't want to get outside the tent because you know it's pouring down, right? You're just sitting there in your sleeping bag trying to stay warm. And... It's painful because, number one, it's cold, it's raining, it's wet. And number two, you're so close to your goal, and you're sitting in your tent, and it won't stop raining. And finally the next morning, it it did stop raining. I got out of the tent. And when you do something like that, you just got to tell yourself, you're like, man, the sun's going to come out. I know the sun's going to come out. And the sun did come out later that day. But to get to that point, to put on the same wet clothes, you know, because you can't carry so many outfits of clothes you know you just basically have some warm gear and the same clothes you wear every
0: day day in day out so So that brings me to a really oh man you preached it right there but so whenever you're in pain so what does that teach you about that the sun's going to come out I mean what does that what does
1: that teach you being in pain maybe day in day out uh, it, it goes back to, like, we you're talking about mental game. You just got to tell yourself that. Really, to be honest, I didn't know if the sun was going to come out or not. I, I had seen the extended forecast, like, probably five days before that, but I didn't know if the sun was going to come. You just got to tell yourself that. To just keep going. I mean... How does that help you grow All that all that pain you go through on the trail? I think it goes back to the motorcycle thing I was just telling you. Just, you... The the mind is a powerful thing, as we all know. And you just you you got to overcome your own mind. Your own mind is what holds people up a lot. You know, I mean, if you can overcome your mind and your thoughts, there's endless amount of things you can do. And you know, I know, I I hope I'm answering your question. But a lot of people are always like. A safety on the trail, you know. Don't don't you feel unsafe, or somebody's going to kill you, or uh, rob you? And especially when I was riding my bike around the United States, because I had more contact with people. You know, I was on a highway every day. You know, i are too scared somebody's going to stop, but you got to overcome that fear. You know, and one of those things to overcome that fear is when when I talk to people, I'll be honest. I talk with pure confidence. So if somebody approaches me, I'm always real confident when I talk. So I don't. I think people find out right away they can't take advantage of me, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm like a real talker and I'm confident. And Not that they couldn't kill me, I guess, but a lot of people that's just like, oh, okay, this guy's got his crap together, you know. I'm just gonna let him go. You He's not know? an easy target.
0: <laughs> What's that? He's not an easy target. No, yeah, exactly. So not how do you develop easy... that confidence, too? Because I mean, you you gotta be oh man, you gotta be exceedingly a confident guy to be able to circumnavigate the whole U.S. to what bike through Vietnam, yeah. also to walk through England, and now yeah. do the Pacific Crest Trail, Appalachian Trail. So what makes you so confident?
1: I, I don't know. I... My parents, I guess. (laughs) I don't don't know. I I think, you know know what? I I actually take that back. It really was. As a kid, I was really shy. I was an overweight, really shy kid. And just over the years, I've developed this confidence to talk to people and, I guess, uh, what word am I looking for, to uh, relate. Just to relate to people. And you know, I found out, and I'm not bragging on myself, but I'm a well-rounded individual where I can talk history with you, we can talk politics, and that carries over to other things, you know, I'm, I'm... only have a high school education, but I'm well-rounded in current events and stuff like that, and I can really carry on a conversation whether we're talking about world history, okay, not so much about working on cars, but, you know, and I found out, that, bringing that up, I found out, like, if, if you don't know what you're talking about, I just sit there and be quiet, you know, I don't try to add anything. If I'm, we're talking about working on cars, I'm just like, okay, whatever you need to do, you know, but if we're talking about hiking, you know, I can really give good advice, and then I'll really put myself out there and tell somebody, you know, like, hey, you know, maybe you should do it this way or think about, maybe maybe think about doing it this way, you know. But I have ran into hikers and people in general that just lack confidence. you got to be a confident person. Walk with your head high, man. Don't be ashamed who you are. You know, I always say that. Just walk with your head high. Don't be ashamed who you are. Talk with confidence. Be confident. You know, I know I've never put my head down in shame like people stop me when I'm biking or am hiking, sitting at a grocery store waiting for somebody to come I can catch a hitchhike. I've never been embarrassed to be all dirty and stink. <laughs> yes, you've got to carry yourself with confidence for sure. And I know it'll build on people. You know, some people have got to build that up.
0: So yeah, do you feel like your work career was, you were working six days a week for 49 weeks out of the year, so do you feel like that you were so devoted to your work and that you just threw yourself into it, do you feel like that
1: brought you out of the shyness that you faced earlier? Uh, I, I think actually I was shy like during grade school and then in high school. I was already out of it. But, you know, the confidence just built over the years and stuff like that. And and actually, my work career led me to good things because I worked my way up the ladder very fast being a confident person, you know. I started out as just a laborer guy when I was, like, 19 as a laborer. And by the time I was 22, I believe, or actually 20, I was already running heavy equipment and I became, like, lead operator and then I became assistant to the boss. But... Going back on that, they were big deals at the time, and I thought, wow, I'm really working my way up. I don't want to say the corporate ladder because it's not corporate. I'm really working my way up in the company. and It was a big deal at the time, but now it seems so small. You know, it's like I really don't even want to be bothered with it. <laughs> but at the time, it was a big deal. I mean, believe me, I would go home to my wife at the time and be like, hey, I got a promotion today, you know, or I got a raise today. They were big deals, but now it's not a big deal. Do you feel like
0: something different with whenever you were going around the country do you feel like uh, how did you overcome that fear of thinking that people weren't going to hurt you
1: I know it's kind of off the top
0: you <laughs> want to ask you that but oh, believe so-
1: it, there's been a couple situations <laughs> <That's> <laughs> where, I thought, where I thought I was going to die <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what I never give up in the kindness of humanity 99.9% of people are good people you know And I've really never felt afraid. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple small stories I could tell you, where I did feel afraid. But, you know, you just keep going. Do you ever feel like the media pours into that? Because,
0: I mean, you're you're out on the trail, Pacific Crest Trail, Appalachian Trail, and you're uh, biking around the country, so do you feel like you being away from all the media, and you probably get a newspaper once in a while, or look at the, in a hotel or whatever, but do you feel like being away from that much more than the general public is, do you think that gives you more confidence
1: and boldness and so you're not polluted with all that? I, I, I mean, this is a personal opinion. I think the media breaks up society into groups. And I think it's a bad thing. I mean, I'll give you that personal opinion. And being away from the news, you're never that far away from the news. I mean, maybe five days I didn't see the news or seven days, you know. Um, i give you an example like all the time I met people from all over the country and hiking the trails, I met people from all over the world. They've already got a perspective of what you look, what a person is. When I say, and I always, always give, I'm from St. Louis because it's the major city in this area. They'd be like, "Hey, where are you from?" I'd be like, "Oh, St. Louis, Missouri." First thing is like, "Oh, you're you're just a Midwesterner, you know, Midwestern values, Midwesternness." Some people, not everybody, you know. I'd be like, "No, you know, I'm a pretty open-minded person on, you know, most anything, you know." So I, I think the media and even the okay, well, I'm going to get really deep on you here. Even the education system puts that in people's minds. I believe because you just you got to get out and meet people on on their neutral ground, you know, and you'll really find out, people are good, I've, I've had great situations with people, made, made friends, I still talk to this day, you know, all over the country, you know, so. What's the percentage like, what's the, how many people out of a hundred
0: would you say are genuinely good people, they treat you well, they, they smile at you, say hi, if, if they know you're traveling around the country or whatnot? You, you know,
1: I, I would say that. I would say like 80% people are good people. And then there's always that slight possibility that there is a bad person. But I would say like the other people just don't want to be bothered. You know what I'm saying? They're living their life. You know, if you see them at a gas station while you're cycling or wherever you're hiking, they, they just don't want to be said hi to or nothing, but 80% of the people will be like, hey, what are you doing, you know, or hey, why you got the backpack, no, I'm hiking the Pacific Crest, or, oh man, that's cool, you know, I've always heard people doing that, and then some, uh, most of the other people just, maybe the, I don't know, 20% of people, they just don't want to be bothered, you know, they're focused on their life and where they're going and what they're doing that day, and they don't, they don't want to be bothered. I, I will say, if anybody has a dream or anything, go get it, you know, just go for it, because, you know, the only person that's going to complete their dream is yourself. You're waiting for your neighbor, your mom and dad, or your best friend to say, man, go chase that dream. You know, they may have a whole different perspective on life. So you got to just go get it yourself, you know.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Perspective Through Pain podcast.